There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the news stories that matter to you. Harder. Older. Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Uh, And also latest net migration figures. They have just come out and they have hit 672,000 in the year to June 2023. Do you remember the uh, immigration, net migration in the tens of thousands pledges? Yeah, those are long gone. Well, my question to you today is about those migration figures. I want you to just know your reaction, those latest figures. It was 606,000 last year to June 2022. This year, 672,000. Uh, we were told last year was a blip, weren't we? Well, give us a call on 0344-499-1000 to have your say. You can text on 8722 or you can get in touch on X at Talk TV. Calls are charged at the national rate. Text costs one standard network rate message. Well, joining me right now to run through all of the top stories is writer and commentator Candice Holswell. Good morning to you. Morning. I haven't seen you for a few weeks. Great to have you on the show. Um, it's really interesting, actually, because those net migration figures, this is all the latest news we've got this morning, but they do tie in, do they not, to... The autumn statement, uh, we, we, we played it uh, on our show yesterday. Um, and, and the headlines are quite interesting in, in the newspapers today um, and, and on all the websites. This whole, like, biggest tax cut in, in decades since the 80s, but also the highest tax burden, uh, reaching 37.7% of GDP uh, since, you know, since the Second World War. You know, both are true at the same time. Tories and the Tory newspapers were newspapers very much pushing the £450 on average cut to most people's uh, tax take. National insurance is a tax, basically, by cutting for most people, 27 million workers, but also uh, lots of uh, self-employed people also getting some benefits from their national insurance contributions being cut. But that cut from 12% to 10%. Um, that's, you know, 450 quid. That is not to be sniffed at, except... More and more people are going to be dragged into higher tax thresholds. I mean, we're looking at, what, 4 million more people paying the 20% rate of tax, 3 million more people paying the 40% rate of tax, and even another 400,000, I think, paying the 45% top rate of tax. Those are supposed to be the multi, you know, multi, multi-millionaire rich people. Um, so although things are better today, well, they will be in January when you, mm. these things come through, than they were, you know, yesterday... We're still poorer than we were last year, the year before, the year before that, year before that. I mean, I found it all massively underwhelming. I just think that... Jeremy this... Hunt, underwhelming. I'm... I'm shocked and disappointed in you. I mean, I just, you know, I was like, <laughs> are, they, are, they, are the headlines in a different reality to me? I mean, that is not going to touch sides with everything going up. I mean, that's barely going to help 
anybody. And like you said, the big problem of fiscal drag. I mean, it's basically this tax cut is caught in a vortex of cost of living plus fiscal drag. Yeah. It's not going to make material difference to anyone's yeah. lives. Well, this thing, like, this is like someone, a mugger coming up to you on the street, stealing a hundred quid from you and then saying, let me give you a tenner back. Yes. You go, yeah, I'm 10 pounds up. You're yes. not, you're 90 quid down. I know, I know. Well, for some people, I mean, because we have the tax system that we have where the high earners get really, really penalised. I mean, for some people, they're just going to be worse off. Mm. I mean, there's, that's the one problem we have in this country is people don't want higher salaries because they don't want to get punished by the tax system. Whereas yeah. in America, there's so much more wealth creation. Yeah, that said, you know, look, I don't want, I mean, I don't. I would like all taxes to come down. Wouldn't that be great? But I'd also like really good to public services. I, I do wonder about an awful lot of the people, and I include Labour in this, and most of the, you know, the media commentators and people uh, who were clamouring for more lockdowns, more furlough, give more help to people, spend more on the NHS, spend more on education, spend more on the, you more on benefits, more on everything. Where on earth do they think the money is coming from for that? I mean, there were people like me at the time saying, I, I really welcomed things like the furlough scheme when we had the first lockdown. Yeah. But, you know, I really also supported Rishi Snack when he was trying for us not to be, as he was Chancellor, to be locked down again on the basis of the cost. He could look at the numbers and go, this is going to break the bank, as it has done. And when Labour say, well, we're in the worst situation we've ever been in, We'd still have had the Ukraine war. They would still have supported uh, having sanctions on Russia and all of that 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 led to. And they wanted more lockdown sooner and longer. Yeah. So we would, and they wanted more help for people that that was given. So we would be in a worse situation if they were in. But I do not understand these people who were saying, "Oh, we're just in a terrible state." Yeah. What? Where did you think we were going to get the money from? Oh, oh that magic money tree was going to be sprouting in the, in the garden again, was it? But the growth of the public sector and all these services, mm. fine, but they have to be paid for through taxes. Are we okay with that? Are we okay Let's with have a, a greater, debate about it? Yeah. Yes, a greater proportion of our income going on funding the public sector. And I just I don't know if we can be a, a very wealthy per capita country where, you know, GDP per capita, you know, a wealthy country where it's all shared out, people are making good money, if the private sector is basically funding the ever-growing public sector. But especially with inefficiencies in the public sector, where we see the private sector has been growing more productive, um, and massively more certainly since the lockdowns, you know, people have streamlined their mean, you know, mean and diet machines, yes. but the public sector has got more and more bloated. You know, there is more and more money going in. That said, one of the key little rinky-dink things in Jeremy Hunt's uh, statement yesterday was, you know, oh, we've got fiscal headroom. No, we don't. There isn't any extra money. People have been paying more tax into the Treasury because their wages have gone up, because inflation has gone up. Yes. In fact, they've actually got less money in real terms. I I mean, it, this is all—it's—it's it's all just gobbledygook nonsense designed mm. to fool people. To think yes. better. People, people aren't stupid. No. People know if they are better off or not better yes. off at the end of the week. They know whether there's nothing left in the bank yes. account. They—they're treating voters as fools is so offensive. And by the way, you know, politicians have been doing this for a very long time on both sides as well. But one of the crucial things was, you know, he was saying, well, I've got this extra money, so I'm going to give some of it away in a tax benefit to people. All very well and good. But ignoring the fact that the cost due to inflation, which meant that he's got that extra tax in, that has actually also put up costs for public sector. So he's not increasing what the public, various, you know, other than health and defence are getting. Mm. So a school that's got to use the same amount of money with high inflation to pay for teacher salaries, which have gone up, uh, to pay heating, which has gone up, for food, which has gone up, uh, you know, every, every building work in the school, which has gone up massively. 
they are basically having to do the same with less money. Yes, exactly. We are going to have, we're going to pay higher taxes overall, and we're going to have underfunded public services, which is mind blowing. That said, we are relatively speaking in Western Europe a low tax economy, which is bizarre. But maybe if we had the sort of services you know Norway has or France, you you want to you want to get an appointment with a consultant in your in health service in France, you just call up. You've got it within a couple of days. You ain't yeah. waiting six months or a year. Um, maybe if you had those services, people wouldn't mind. Well, that's true, actually. If people felt they were getting excellent services in return for their money, yeah. they'd be less resentful. But I don't think people feel that. I mean, when you look at things like bin collection, for instance, they drive everybody mad. I do mean, not get me started. Yes, yes. You could do the whole show on that. I know. Every day. <laughs> I know. It's like it's the bane of every person's existence. And you know, you see your council tax bill go up, and you're just enraged by it. What am I getting for this? Yes, yes. exactly. Well, look, that ties in, of course, with also the announcement this morning, early hours this morning, the latest off-gem price cap. This is for January. Um, it's going up by five percent. The average home, you know, again, not most people don't live in the average home. Um, is, is going to go up by ninety-four pounds. It's another ninety-four quid. Yeah. That is going to cost you. And again, if you've got more kids or perhaps you work from home, perhaps you've got elderly, you know, elderly or disabled people in the family, you need to have the heating on more. Well, I'm afraid, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're going to see your, your bills going up by a lot more than that. Yeah, well, I mean, this is why this tax cut is so puny. It's just going to keep getting eaten up by higher and higher and higher prices. And like you say, you know, if, you've, if your children are in childcare or they're in school or whatever, and prices have to be raised there as well, mm -hmm. it, you're never going to be better off. I mean, the, the situation we're in, we're in a very poor situation where people are having to accept lower and lower standards, standards of, living. of living. Which is also, by the way, what the net zero policies are, are geared around. That, that, they, they are predicated on us all having worse lives. Yeah. I mean, that's having yeah. less, buying less, affording less, being colder, uh, you know, just having a miserable life. They are... That, that is what they're predicated on. And that is official government policy. So I don't know why, I don't know why we're surprised. Well, they don't like growth. I mean, a lot of them will they say that. It, they took a good... The, the, well, they will say that our problem is growth. That's why we have yeah. such a bad problem with the environment is our endless addiction to growth. That's our endless what they'll addiction say. to having a better life. Oh, yeah. what horrible people we are. One thing they do like growth in, though, migrants. Oh, okay, yes, now yes. this has been something of a debate in, in, the, in the jungle. I'm a celebrity jungle with uh, Nigel Farage. We'll come to that. The latest migration figures were out just uh, 45 minutes ago. And they show, now last year, the figures are from the Office of National Statistics to June. Uh, so to June 2022, remember that big figure, 606,000 more people arriving in the country. They left the country. I think it was 1.2 million more people arrived in the country, but of course, certain other people also leave the country. The latest figures, these often get revised and changed, is 672,000 people. People, more people coming to live and work in this country to June 2023 than leaving the country. This, after the Office of Budget Responsibility, they gave their predictions for the economy yesterday ahead of the autumn statement. But one of their one of their predictions was the number of people who were going to be in the country, you know, working out these figures. And it was that over the next five years, there will be an extra 1.5 million people in the country. Now, bearing in mind, we've already had an extra 10 million people coming into the country since you know, basically year 2000. So another 1.5 million on top of that. This, again, with government after government elected and the Brexit referendum, based on people saying, we're not anti-migrant, we're not anti-migration 100%, no, no one coming in the country, but we need to cut the numbers to a manageable level. 
672,000 extra people arriving in the country in the last year. Is that a manageable level of migrants? By the way, those are the legal ones. Yeah. Well, the big problem is this is this is so multifactorial. What's driving this? I mean, one of the big drivers is the fact that we've got so much dysfunction in our own labor market. So a lot of these people are coming to fill roles in social care and the health service. And one of that, one of the reasons for that is poor planning years ago where we didn't train enough doctors and nurses and now we're and replanning by the government. Yes, now decision making by the government. And that's now born bitter fruit. Um, and then in the social care sector, I mean, a lot of people who maybe would have done those jobs are now doing jobs in the supermarkets that are better paid. Mm. Or possibly a lot of people are on out-of-work benefits yeah. who could be working. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. King. And this is, this is what is going on. Those jobs need to be filled, especially with an aging population. So people are being brought in to fill them. But yeah. we've got to understand why we're not able to do it with people who are already here. I mean, and again, actually, contained within those ONS figures on that migration, um, we, we see the number of visas. They say largely this is uh, people arriving on visas uh, and you're extending their visas, choosing to stay here. Uh, one big set of visas that did go up, though, is in 2022, we saw uh, visas for care workers stood at 2,000. In the last year, it was 60,000. Yeah, Because exactly. you, you say we can't get people in. But these people are... Very low paid. Now, we could argue this is a very important job. I'm not in a care home, seeing how hard yes. these, these people work. Um, it's, it's a really tough job. It is. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't involve an awful lot of qualification skills. Actually, you know, that, that's the reality. Yes. Therefore, the, you know, it's, a, it's not a very well paid job, often just minimum wage. But, you know, we, we got, haven't got enough people home going to do it. But you bring those people in, they need somewhere to live. Their children need to go to school. They yes. use doctors. They have to go on public transport. Or their cars are on the road. Um, and that's an extra 60,000 people needing all of that. They are, no matter how hard they work and what great people they may be, uh, they aren't going to be net contributors to our economy. Yeah, the problem is, is exactly what you said. You're not going to get extra GPs. You're not going to get extra schools. There's no extra houses. Yep. It's such an issue. And But I do think that the people who make these policies are very far removed yep. from the reality on the ground. I mean, they're not the ones who are struggling to find a place for their children at a school, not being able mm -hmm. to get a they GP They move into the catchment area of a good school or they, they pay for a good school. Well, that's what it's determined by, right? So the good schools, the good schools that all the middle class people want to get their kids into, those are the most expensive houses. So it always gets sorted by money in the end. I want to talk about my hero and my villain of the week, given that this is now Thursday. Now, my hero of the week is Nigel Farage. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned him a few times on the show. Uh, basically, for keeping his cool yeah. and handling very, very well indeed uh, this clash with YouTuber influencer uh, uh, Nella Rose uh, in, uh, well, various different clashes uh, in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Let's play a little clip of that exchange that went out on last night's show. But this is what I was saying to you. Apparently you're anti-immigrants. Who told you, you that? Oh, the Who internet. Told... The oh, internet. well, there we are then. It must be true. It must be true. It must be. <laughs> it must be true. OK, but then why don't black people like you? You'd be amazed, they do. So, so everyone issue. hates you for no reason? Well, no, 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 not no, that no, everyone no, hates no, you. No, that no, was no. so bad. Like, but, but, like, sorry, you, can, you, you can disagree with somebody. Yeah. 
But to chuck around accusations the way that they've been chucked around is grossly unfair. Anti-immigrant, right? No, no, all I've said is, we cannot go on with, come with the numbers coming to Britain that are coming. Do you know why? You know I'm why? one of the numbers! Oh, right, so, that, so that's it then. Uh, well, that was the exchange that went on. It went on rather longer than that. And the main issue, I think, that uh, Nigel Farage had, and we went to the uh, uh, to talk to the producer, you know, they opened a little chat in, in, in to the, directly to the camera, was that, you know, she wasn't listening to what he said. But this allegation, this sort of, you're anti-immigrant, you're anti-black, black people hate you, why does everyone hate you, where do you get that information from? The internet. Yeah. Look, a lot of people do have that view of him. And like he said, well, why have you formed this opinion of me? And I think one of the reasons why he probably wanted to do I'm a Celebrity was to try and change that perception no, of I think him, it was the to humanise him. Quit. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, I think he's going to use this as an opportunity to become a bit more mainstream. Yeah. Well, there's talk about him coming back, uh, possibly to politics, maybe standing for election again, yeah. whether that's with his old party, Reform UK, uh, with Richard Tice, or whether that is, you know, I know the Conservatives, he was at Tory party conference, was he not? And frankly, received one of the biggest warm welcomes that, that, that most people, you know, got there. I just think in the times we live where we're all so siloed and it's very easy to just talk to people that agree with you, to actually have someone who really disagrees with you and maybe, you know, has some very negative things to say about you, we should actually come together more and we should be able to hash these things out. I mean, I just look at the influence of social media now. It amazes me how deep into echo chambers people are. People have yeah. really operated with a different set of facts for one issue and in very different realities. I mean, like, people, some people absolutely love Nigel Farage and think he's yep. amazing. And then on the other side of it, I mean, he's just like this, this absolute folk villain. And the caricaturing, and again, this is what ties in with, you know, why you end up with people like Hurt Wilders winning the Dutch election in the Netherlands, because, because you know, people don't feel they're being listened to. And if you just simply said that anyone who says, maybe, maybe we need to talk about this policy, maybe this policy isn't working for the majority of British people, whether it's, you know, uh, and, you know being, you know, anti-EU, again, anti-EU, or is it pro-British sovereignty, believing in Britain and believing in being global Britain, uh, you know, or is it nasty anti-migrant, or is it pro-British people and indeed recent migrants and, and, and people worrying about where they're going to live, whether a child's going to be able to buy a house, whether they're going to be able to get a GP appointment or, or get their kids into a decent school. And these things are always couched in the most negative, negative yes. ways. Whereas, you know, the people who are against people like Nigel Farage, well, they're all really nice people, aren't they? And, and, and by definition, you know, uh, uh, Nella Rose must be a nice person. She's a young woman. She must be nice. Whereas actually, she was spouting hate. Well, you see a lot of the fracturing and the fragmenting, and like you say, the caricatures, because if you just have this perception of someone and it's never challenged in any way, I mean, yeah. you actually see them talking as human beings, you know, Nigel Farage as the person, mm. rather than maybe, you know, just a few headlines that you see occasionally in your social media yeah. feed. That's going to change your view of things. But I think we have a lot of that now. I mean, even with Geert Wilders in, in, in the Dutch election, he hasn't won a majority. I think no. that the electorate is very... the biggest party. It's very fragmented. Yeah. Everything is very fragmented. Absolutely. Well, talk about fragmented. Uh, yeah, I've certainly been fragmented when we've seen that the uh, COVID inquiry, we've been showing you some pictures actually live from the inquiry where we are... Uh, actually uh, seeing, uh, you know, more uh, super experts over the last uh, uh, few days being uh, in, uh, facing questioning at uh, the COVID inquiry. But my villain of the week this week is, well, you probably don't even know his name, wouldn't recognise his face, Hugo Keith, KC. He's the lead counsel to the COVID inquiry. Why? Well, because some of the questioning that's been going on, let's have a little watch and listen of Sir Jonathan Van Tam uh, and what he was asked uh, at the COVID inquiry yesterday. 
Oh, we haven't got that clip. I was told we did have that clip. Have we not got that? Well, OK, well, anyway, the usual thing. We had more of what we've been hearing, which is this sort of emotive, this feeling stuff, um, you know, him talking about how his family had faced threats yeah. as a result of what they were, uh, he was saying in the COVID, in, uh, during lockdown periods. We had this also from uh, Chris Whitty uh, as well. Now, it's terrible. No one should face threats for doing their job. I'm furious uh, at a lot of the decisions they had. I would never dream of making threats about these people. However, um, so much of the questioning we've seen from this man who is being paid by you and me, being paid by us, the taxpayer, asked to ask questions and to get to the bottom of why we locked down, whether it was the right decision, what, what was behind the decision-making process. And that's the actual, those are the modules they're doing right now. Most of that um, has been about, you know, tittle-tattle and feelings. In fact, I think we have got that clip right now. Let's have a little listen to what Jonathan Van Tam had to say. I might have... Um... Yeah, I might have expected that if a crisis happened, this was, you know, my responsibility to bear that kind of workload. I did not expect my family to be um, threatened with having their th throats cut. I did not expect the um, police to have to say, will you move out in the middle of the night, or well, in the middle of the evening, will you move out for a few days while we look at this and potentially make some arrests? You know, um, we didn't move out because of the cat, as it happened. We didn't want to leave the cat. Now, that's very awful. I mean, it's terrible that that should have happened, Candice. However, what on earth has that got to do, as terrible as it is, get the police involved, absolutely. What on earth has that got to do with what was the decision-making process to steal away our civil liberties, to lock people down, to trash our economy, break our NHS by basically turning it off for, for, for a year, um, ruin our children's education, ruin the mental health of the country? What on earth has that got to do with anything? No, but I don't think we'll get anything like that from the inquiry. I mean, I've almost given up on it. And I think, yep. you know, people, people very, have. very prominent uh, lockdown sceptics like Carl Hennigan, like Jonathan Sumption have said, it's be barely in the terms of reference yeah. of the inquiry. I mean, I think for them, it's it's just such a, an almost disrespectable view yeah. to have questioned yeah, lockdown. Yeah, indeed. Why would you even... Gupta, the author of the Great Barrington Declaration. I mean, they're completely mischaracterising what was what what was you know you couldn't read what was in the Great Brown. No. It's on paper, completely mischaracterizing it. This is just a oh we'll just let old people die. That wasn't I mean it was it was about protecting old people, but you didn't need to protect people like you and me or our kids because we weren't at high risk and we were able to make those decisions. And again, it was about voluntary protection, not forcing it. But again, it's been tittle tattle, it's been emotions and allowing and things are going unchallenged, saying allowing people to say Repeatedly this week, the experts have said, well, of course, eat out to help out. No one asks us about it. Yeah. And obviously this, I, you know, of course I would feel that this and would expect it, that this would have increased um, infections and hospital admissions. And they've all, they've all said this. And the KC each time, Hugo Keith, Casey said, well, yes, of course. Oh, thank you so much for your time. You're an amazing expert. The data, the official figures show there was no increase in infections or hospital admissions as a result of eat out to help out. Full stop. There wasn't. Yeah. So why are people spouting feelings when the entire sodding point of the inquiry is to look at the actual facts? No, we'll We're not going to learn anything. No, we'll never get that. I mean, it was frightening to me the way that actual experts like Carl Hennigan, 
Jonathan Sumption and Sunetra Gupta were made out to be some kind of just like dodgy grifters. Yeah. I mean, like yep. overnight, these people suddenly just, you know, became targets of so much hate just for disagreeing with the status quo. It was actually a very frightening time. Yep. I mean, it taught me a lot about how very, very, very quickly a consensus can form. Yep. And when people start to question it, how they can just be pushed to the margins. Absolutely. And vilified. Yes. In an way. Well, I mean, again, I'm not trying to vilify anyone, I'm calling them a villain, but yeah, you are my villain of the week. Uh, Hugo Keith Casey, you're being paid by my taxes and everyone else's. Do your job properly. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the news stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio.